Welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walters Show. God bless you this first week of 2023. Gosh, I remember so many years ago thinking, gosh, what would it be like to actually live till the year 2000? And, well, I made it. But I can't believe we're 23 years past uh, the year 2000. My goodness sakes. I, I want to remind everybody that uh, we will have, uh, starting this coming week, the first little mini podcast, the lighter side, I guess, of Robin Walter, is we bring up some topics on mini podcasts that are going to be like seven to maybe ten minutes long. You will be able to pick them up if you are on the email distribution blast list, uh, which a number of people are. And if you aren't, you certainly could request to be so. You simply have to email us at robinwaltershow at gmail.com. And say, I want to be on the blast list. And we'll add you and you will get each one of these programs along with the mini podcasts uh, delivered straight to your email. Otherwise, those of you who are receiving podcasts now, and that's the way you get the program, whether it's on iHeart, iTunes, who knows, I can't think of all of them that we're on, Rumble and so forth, uh, you'll get those. You'll get the little mini podcasts. Uh, Unfortunately, this the stations that we are on called the uh, terrestrial stations, the um, AM and FM stations that we're on, uh, we can't do that. Uh, the, it just is too irregular and of a you know an undeterminable amount of time. I may take seven minutes. I may take 14 minutes. I can't expect a station to squeeze that in at any particular time. So they won't get it, but you can get it, of course, as I said, via any one of the podcast sites or sending me an email at robinwaltershow at gmail.com and tell me to add you to our email blast distribution list, not only of these programs, but then the mini podcasts as well. Okay, so what does 2023 bring us? Well, I'm going to start with something sort of soft. We'll work up to a frenzy. We'll taper it back down. In other words, like about every other program. Uh, not quite, actually. But I want to start today with uh, not an expected, I'm sorry, not an unexpected uh, surprise from Donald Trump, sad to say, that he said that the recently here that the abortion issue has cost the Republicans the midterm elections. And what he was saying in suggesting that the Republican candidates' positions on abortions uh, on abortion led to the party's lackluster performance in the Christian Post here in the midterm elections, um, he's I, I think he's off. I really do think he is off. He said um, it's not his fault that Republicans didn't live up to expectations, and uh, I'm not entirely certain that it was all his fault. Was there partly maybe his fault? I don't know. Some people who distinctly attach themselves to the Trump wagon um, may have suffered from that, may have suffered from the abortion issues. We covered that a month ago. Uh, I think there's there's a, a number of uh, reasons, some more important than others and more important than in certain races than in other races. 
I'm sure the abortion issue was an important issue. However, Trump's suggestion here seems to be that you just simply need to compromise. In other words, all of the Republicans need to yield to the fact that there should be an exception or exceptions for abortion in the cases of rape and incest. That's pretty much what he said. Well, having taken that position, once you take that position, there's really no retreating from that. Or at least I would think it hard to do so. Um, he incorrectly said that there are those who said that the life of the mother was not a legitimate exception. It has always been an exception, and it's an exception biblically, too. Uh, so that was, Trump was stating something that the left applied to these candidates that these candidates did not apply to themselves, which I think is unfortunate. But to prove, I think, Trump wrong on this thing, you'd have to look at where, if, if this is such an important issue, and in some places it was important, but look at the Republican governors who won re-election and were strongly staunchly pro-life candidates. Start with Ron DeSantis in Florida. Georgia, Brian Kemp. Texas, Greg Abbott. Ohio, Mike DeWine. All won handily and had strong pro-life positions. So the question that I'd have to ask is, while uh, President Trump is stating that the hard line on abortion cost the Republicans a midterm election. Why didn't it cost these particular four governors who took as strong a position as anybody? Or maybe another way of asking it might be, is it possible that those four governors, or some of them, would have lost had they not taken the strong stand? And the fact of the matter is, what it comes down to is, You've got to take the right stand. To compromise with evil is evil. You need to take a strong stand and stick with it. If you're going to compromise at any place along the way, you're subject to compromising at any other place on that continuum. But what I find really intriguing, a fellow that I really have no respect for whatsoever, Representative Ted Lieu, a Democrat in California, and he's bad. He is bad to the bone. Uh, obviously, as a Democrat, a critic of President Trump, all of his public life. But he pulled out something that I thought was very astute, very correct. And this is why you cannot waffle on these kinds of issues. Lou said that citing what Trump had just said, that this hardline position on abortion cost Republicans many seats in Congress and maybe the Senate in the midterms. He said that this is evidence that, quote, Trump never believed life began at conception. That Trump never believed life began at conception. If the and I, end quote, and I think that would have to be true. Because if you do believe that, 
you wouldn't have these other exceptions. He said that, uh, Lou went on to say that Trump is just using the abortion issue to gain power because it resonated with voters. Well, this is a problem with with Lou. If it's going to resonate with voters to be pro-life, then that's sort of contrary to what Trump was saying as well. But nonetheless, the point being that I think he brings out a good point, that if you really truly believe that life began at conception, you wouldn't make up all the exceptions. And um, leave it to a Democrat to point out a heretical position from a re- from a Republican. Well, got to live with that. We got to deal with that. We got to face up to it. I'm not mad at Trump here. I'm not trying to extol the virtues of Ted Lieu because he really has none. But he did point out something that happens to be true. Now for some good news. We need to start this year with at least a little bit of good news. A school district has now finally, by a circuit court that's dealt with it, Allow, is allowed to bar trans students, the alleged trannies, from using opposite-sex bathrooms. It's the 11th Circuit that ruled on this. This is the first circuit that I know of at the Court of Appeals level, the 11th Circuit, that has ruled on this issue. And gosh, guess where the case is out of? Florida. Hallelujah, Florida gets it right yet once again. And along the same line, and this is more good news, is that yet another Western nation retreats on the whole sex change ideology. The child abuse of practices of of anatomical changes in children as young as eight which Joe, I'm going to hell, Biden, has made clear that he favors. But there are now 13 countries, 13 countries in the EU who have backed down from the pro-tranny sex change for kids mantra and are starting to go back the other way. Except out of those Western nations, who is not included? the 13 Western nations, who is not included? Uh, Yes, I see that hand. Yep, the United States, you got it right. America is one of those Western nations that's going the opposite of the other Western nations, which are, are not and have not been particularly Christian for a really long time. That's how indicting it is of where this country is headed Uh, with the um, pedophiles in charge. I don't know how you could support that without being pedophilic in nature. But anyway, the most recent addition, though, is really interesting because who is it coming from? Sweden. Sweden, the poster child for liberal democracy, as they call it, left-wing democracy. Everything goes... And everything flows in Sweden. That's what they've said. They, that's, that's been the model for many left-wingers, most notably Barack Obama. All point to Sweden. 
This is yeah, it's it's everything is loose. Let it fly, let it go. Everything is okay, everything is permissive. No, well contrary to Xavier Becerra wanting to use taxpayer dollars to provide uh, body modifications to minors and adults. Sweden has announced plans to, quote, retreat from its scheme to supply transgender treatments. Now, they had just recently stopped puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for minors. And now this new rule will end the mastectomies to minors. Now, why is this important? Because if a country that has such a little Christian component, so little of Scandinavia is truly Christian, Sweden has an extremely small, truly Christian population. But when they can get it right, is it just, is it conscience? And is it uh, plus common sense? that brings even non-Christians to a position to recognize that what we are advocating here in the United States is from the pit of hell. Goodness sakes, the Muslims don't support this butchery and savagery and mutilation of genital parts in, in children. No way. Now they kill other people without cause, but they've got respect for the child to not do that. And now Sweden the most secular of the liberal countries in all of Europe gets it. They get it. I don't know. I'm not, who knows what it is that they're thinking. You know what? We're, we're running out of, we got a shortage of really cute blondes here. I don't know what their thinking is. We're messing with our own success. Not sure. Well, obviously, we wouldn't be having this if the government schools weren't government schools, but they are. They're not public schools. There's so much you can't do in a school. It's not for the public. Can't pray, can't read the Bible, can't give a testimony, can't wear crosses in schools. You can't, re- you can't do anything that's Christian. So they're not public, right? They're not for everybody. We know that. It, unless you're one of these teachers, of which there are an increasing number, lost and bound in sin that only seem to make themselves feel better by imposing their debauched way of looking at all things sexual onto an unsuspecting next generation. So, I would like to share this one story with you that comes out of Las Vegas, Nevada. The great KKVV, we have, uh, I'm on that station all you guys in Las Vegas, hello. Been on your station for, gosh, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 years. But this is what's going on in your town. But it's also coming to a theater near you, wherever you live, because it's happening in a secretive, clandestine manner where that's the only way it can be done. But it's being done in an open manner where those people who are so inclined to destroy little children, can get away with it openly. So I'll just read this, uh, this article by Reagan Reese here from the Daily Caller. It says, that, quote, uh, two Las Vegas parents have now sued a school district after their daughter was allegedly required to complete a pornographic assignment. Kendra and Terrell 
Evans filed a lawsuit against Clark County School District, contending that their 15-year-old daughter was given an assignment and told to read a monologue. In other words, she's being told to read a monologue in front of her classmates that contained explicit, obscene, and sexually violent material. The parents alleged that the educators of the district took part in unlawful grooming and abuse of a minor involving pornographic material. Okay, that's the that's a basic story. Now we're going to get down to the details. Uh, yeah, we are. So Kendra Evans alleges that when she met with school administrators after learning about the assignment, the educators had something interesting to say, which I will get to in a minute here. But what her daughter was forced to read, and Evans read an excerpt that her daughter was told to memorize, memorize for the class, was as follows, quote, daughter had it memorized, mandated by her teacher, loosely so-called, quote, I don't love you, it's not you, it's just that I don't like your D blank, 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 or any D blank, blank, blank in that case. And you can figure out what that means. Continuing with the quote, the daughter was compelled to state, quote, I've tried to look at it from all different perspectives, but the truth is I am an effing lesbian. I will never love you or any man or any effing D-I-C-K. I hope you find a nice straight girl because that's not me and I'm tired of pretending that it is. Now, pretty graphic, and that's all the gra more graphic I dare to get, but I have to say that for you to get the idea that if we as adult Christians can't handle what's going on in the schools, how do we expect 15-year-old girls or 12-year-old girls to handle it? If we don't deal with these issues, how can we expect them to deal with it? So you can tell me I went too far in this program. Who you need to tell has gone too far is a stupid Clark County School District in Las Vegas and a whole bunch of them elsewhere. If you don't get your children and grandchildren out of a government school, you don't really give a rat's rear end about them. That's my position. I want to come back to something that I sidelined earlier in this story. When Kendra Evans met with the school administration after learning about this assignment, what did the school do? Did the school say, I, I'm sorry, we, this sounds horrible, we've got to look into this. Let us investigate because we need to hear both sides of this. Do we need to um, uh, impose some punishment on this teacher? Uh, what I mean, all the different possibilities? No, here's what they did. The school defended the obscene monologue and blamed who? The student, stating that she could have said, no, I don't want to do this, but she didn't. That's the school's position. The fact that this teacher should be uh, frying, boi boiling, and burning in hell this very minute is totally beside the point. 
for trying to lead a little one astray. She needs to have the millstone around her neck and cast into the sea. But the school, to take any responsibility? No. To blame it on the 15-year-old, she is told to do it. It's a requirement, and now it's her fault for not saying no and defying the teacher. My goodness sakes. God, I guess you can have mercy on this teacher, but goodness sakes, if she doesn't get saved soon, do something with her and with all, all the others that are doing this to our children so that it don't destroy others. People say, Rob, you're a little harsh on these people. Look, if the point here is that God got a hook out, lightning strike, house burns, the teacher fries, who knows what it is. Is that worse than having that teacher stay alive and active in a school where she leads multiple hundreds of children down the path to hell? <clears throat> there are times when judgment is necessary to prevent further damage. That's why we judge criminals. That's why we put them in electric chairs, put them in prison. Because if we don't, the damage will just continue to be done. Don't say, well, we got to get a new school board. That's a good idea. Great. But then fire the teachers that do that. Get rid of their lousy tushes. They don't deserve to have that job, or in my opinion, any job. They're, to quote now Ralph Nader, who said, the car that's unsafe at any speed, these people cannot be trusted in any job. That's just how depraved and debauched they are. Can't handle their own sins, so let's make 15-year-old girls do that which makes a teacher feel better about her own sin. I'm assuming it's a female because the whole context was that of being a lesbian. But anyway, okay, my California friends, of which I have many, uh, less all the time, not because I have less friends, but because more of my California friends are moving out of California. I want to give you in California a little rundown of about four or five pieces of legislation that just went into effect with the glorious Governor Gavin Grusom. You make him, we scrape him, no fetus can beat us, the most pro-abortion governor in the history of the country. Distinctly unqualified. I suppose I could... No, I won't say that. That's not very nice. <clears throat> well, anyway, let's get down to the stories. So, effective a couple days ago, the glorious state of California now becomes the very first sanctuary state for transgendered kids. So, SB, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, 1071. Sanctuary State for Transgender Kids, the law signed by Governor Newsom protects the use of drugs and or surgery to provide gender-affirming care to children from other states where the use of such treatments is restricted or criminalized. It prohibits doctors from releasing information to other states and I might add, I have to throw in here, that includes parents. 
The state is not allowed to release what is what they are doing and authorizing to their minor children. They're not allowed to tell the parents whose children's are, uh, anatomical parts are being mutilated. Just so California can feel better all the time about its own wickedness. But to provide the gender affirming care to children from other states where the use of such treatments is restricted or criminalized, it prohibits doctors from releasing information to other states and prohibits California courts from interfering in child custody over such treatments. In other words, so you are a couple in Iowa, and your daughter, who is 14, runs to California, probably paid for by some moral gun squad, immoral gun squad from California to get to California to have a mastectomy. You, as the parents in Iowa, cannot, cannot raise the issue in a California court regarding custody of the child, your minor child. You can't, in other words, you can't go to California and retrieve your own child. Apparently by force, although I don't think the act actually addresses that, but you can't get your child back through the courts because the courts are not allowed to interfere with the process of the mutilation of your children that are coming from other states. You know, every time I, I see something else coming from California like this, I wonder how... How close do you have to be to hell before you're actually in hell? Well, I know that that's another world, another life, and there's there's the lake of fire and all of that. But I just don't know how a state could possibly be more wicked. But it's trying to. And then now to have a governor who wants to be president of the whole country, which means the world to him, it's, it's got to be satanically dri driven. Everybody who's satanically driven wants to be in control. That's why I call them Democrats. But this is... Now, I, I don't know if this, stat, if this bill is actually legal. It was signed earlier in 2022 to take effect on January 1, but nobody's raised any legal challenge to... Is it, is it legal? Is it unconstitutional to prohibit a court from getting involved? After all, isn't the court where you go when you have no redress of a grievance at the executive level? You go to the court. Got the legislature that passes a bill, the governor who signs it, but then you have the legislature as part of the legislation telling the court that we actually don't have three branches of government when it comes to the mutilation of children from other states, we only have two branches of government because the court has no jurisdiction. Probably because they know, the state of California knows they would lose. And it might be that the court will be involved to say, look, you, can't, it's, you don't have the jurisdiction 
It's unconstitutional for you to say that we don't have jurisdiction. That itself is a constitutional matter, and therefore what you've done is unconstitutional. Yes, we do have jurisdiction to, to offer a redress of grievances from parents of any other state. Oh, that's number one. Number two, it doesn't get much better. SB, no, I'm sorry, AB 2098, the COVID misinformation bill. Um, you know what? We're going to come to a break here in a minute. I'm going to start this after I get to it. But there's virtually nothing going on in this state that is good. I can't really think of a good bill the state of California has passed in forever. I mean, okay, they did decriminalize jaywalking last week, right? Well, that should be decriminalized. Well, why? there's the act, but then there's a reason. Why do they decriminalize jaywalking? Because they said jaywalking is racist. Why? I don't know. Are jaybirds, are they all black? Are they? I don't know what it is. It's so stupid and nauseating. Um, I'm actually glad there's a break because I don't want to talk about that anymore. Don't go away, Robin Walter. Robin Walter Show. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. are back. This is the Robin Walter Show. Okay, moving on to bill number two. That's from the, I would say the California legislature, but it actually has its origins in the pit of hell. Um, and that is the AB 2098 COVID misinformation bill, which went into effect four days ago, five days ago. It requires the California Medical Licensing Board requires says, California Licensing Board, you must take disciplinary action against doctors who are involved with the dissemination of misinformation or disinformation related to COVID-19. The law does not take into account the fact that authorities like Fauci who I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt to call him an authority. Tony himself has gotten twisted in his own underwear because he himself has changed recommendations over time. 
Fauci first said you don't need masks. Then he said you need masks. Then he said you need two masks and maybe three masks and then maybe no masks. So which Fauci order do you follow? Which one do you deny at the risk of losing your license to practice medicine? This is how California has totally screwed itself because doctors with any real principles, ones who are in love with their profession, their calling, their job, ministry, will say, you know what, I don't give a rat's rear end if it's sunny 285 days a year. I'm going to go to some other state where I can do what I was called to do. And California will be left with a bunch of hack physicians who do nothing but take orders from the California Medical Board lest they lose their license. They'll do whatever they say. And so the California Medical Board itself is very likely involved with the dissemination of misinformation or disinformation related to COVID-19. So looking at how much misinformation and disinformation the medical authorities in California have disseminated tells me that they should actually discipline themselves and they should disqualify themselves from being able to take any action against any doctor related to anything COVID-19 related. Oh, the ivermectin, ivermectin, don't take that. That's a horse medicine. Well, that's what they said. Yeah, it's used in horses, but ivermectin's also been used with for people for the last 25 years. And guess what? With the ivermectin, my wife's horse lived. But with Moderna, the rats died. I'll take a live horse over a dead rat, especially over a dead me. And I might add, okay, so here's here's something else. My wife had COVID. You know that because I share that. Got it? Um, not life-threatening. Uh, she did go to the ER room, but um, it hung on for a really long time. And I'm, and mine is hanging on the second time around in the form of a cough. Um, I've stopped this program probably six times to hack, hack for a minute before I go back to recording. But a person told her, a good friend of ours said, why don't you try wormwood? Wormwood. That word rung a bell. I knew it was from the Bible. Or it was not from the Bible. It was in the Bible. So I looked it up. It's in the book of Revelation. And actually, it's not a good thing there. It's where an angel poisons the water and a third of the people that drink it die or a third of the people die because there's it's a poison. It's, um, and it means, the word itself means bitter. Although, if you go back in Mesopotamian times, I mean, Mesopotamia, I guess, still technically exists. But when I say that, I mean B.C. here, that wormwood was used to deal with internal parasites, i.e. worms, kind of where the name came from. The woman said, I took this, and I immediately started to get better, and in three days I was fine. But keep in mind, my wife has been sick for three and a half, four weeks. She goes and gets some. She said within a half an hour she started to feel better. And within three days she was back to work, having been off work for a month. 
And the California Medical Board will tell you that taking wormwood is misinformation, disinformation, and that doctor will lose his license. Why? Because the California Medical Association and uh, Moderna and Pfizer, they're all making billions and billions and billions of dollars off their own misinformation and disinformation. And the only way they can keep control and keep this gig going is to punish those who would out them who would expose them. They would lose their privileged position by a little C word called competition of ideas. And the fact is, if it's settled science, then why isn't it settled? When Biden and Fauci all said, hey, you know, you wear a mask, you won't get it. You take the vaccine, you won't get COVID. Well, you do get COVID. Well, you can't transmit it. Well, you do transmit it. Well, you won't die, but people are dying. You won't be hospitalized. People are hospitalized being at a much higher rate than those who've had the vac, than not having the vaccine. So they change your position on everything. It sort of reminds me of the Pope, right? I mean, the Pope's, I mean, that Catholic position that uh, the Pope uh, is infallible. And yet he reserves the right to change his mind. Huh? How does that work? I'm infallible. Whatever I say is absolute proof of the way it is. But I reserve the right to change my mind. Reminds me of teachers on evolution. They never got it right. And every time they find out that they got something wrong, they said, this is science, settled science. But all settled until they find out a problem with their evolutionary theory. Then they change the settled science. Science is not science if it can't be challenged. Well, is it science, Rob? Yeah, it absolutely is. I took it in college. It's called political science. The California Medical Board and the legislature are just a bunch of hack, hackneyed poli-sci majors. This is... This would be stunning, and this should be all that California should be able to swallow for the year if it weren't for the next piece of legislation. And why is this important? Those of you listening that are not in California, how much of what your state puts up with originated in California? How much of the bills that you have going through your legislature, some of the crappy textbooks that you have, governors who will cave because Hollywood says we're not going to come to Georgia and film anymore unless you change your ways. California says, sorry, Mike Pence, governor of Indiana, um, if you push through this bill about uh, homosexuality uh, not being taught and so forth, forget it. We're not coming to Indiana. So Indiana changes its bill law. Pence, well, Pence doesn't go through and sign the legislation. Pence is spineless, but that's a whole other story. You are gravely at risk and wrong to assume that what happens in California stays in California. It's like a thick, evil ooze that leaks out of the state, and it just it just incrementally seeps into and through other states. Well, if the whole trans gender sanctuary still state bill wasn't enough. And if being able to um, put a tourniquet on the throat of the doctors, lest they lose their jobs, lest they 
toe the line and they continue to spew the misinformation instead of the real information. If those two things aren't enough, we get to SB 1375, which will allow nurses to perform abortions without doctors. I have never, ever observed a governor who is so in love with infantile blood as Governor Gruesome. This law attempts to expand access to abortions by allowing qualified nurses to perform certain abortion procedures in the first trimester of pregnancy without the supervision of a doctor. The new law will take effect alongside a new provision in the California Constitution passed by a referendum guaranteeing the right to slaughter your unborn children at any time to the time of birth, and actually maybe a little bit later, guaranteeing the right to abortion and contraception. You see, they threw the contraception in there because nobody was arguing about having the right to contraception, but they threw that in there to say, well, wait a minute, if you don't support this, then you're against, you're, uh, you're not guaranteeing the right to contraception. You see, they muddied the abortion waters by throwing the contraception component into it. The Democrats do that all the time. It's called, a, how do they want to get a $3 million LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ museum built in Washington, D.C.? That's right, a $3 million museum to queers to celebrate sodomy. How do you get that passed? You put it in the $1.7 million omnibus bill and defense bill. You put it in something that the others cannot dare turn down unless somebody say, hey, I thought you were for defense, and you're turning this down. So let, let the queers have their $3 million museum, whatever it is. This is what they do all the time. They got the constitutional provision to protect abortion, so to speak, although the one who's distinctly not protected are the ones that are dead, by including the contraception provision in there. You might as well just say, this bill protects the right of abortion and the right of us to all eat watermelon. And then if you voted against it, you say, you don't support the right for us to eat watermelon? What is wrong with you, you radical right-wing nut job? That's their approach. Very successful. That's how they got it passed. But let me tell you, None of the bills that have ever passed in California stay in a static state. It says, by qualified nurses to perform certain abortion procedures in the first trimester of pregnancy, this will expand to other abortion provisions beyond the first trimester. This is not the camel's nose in the tent. This is a camel's rear end. This is a camel's butt in the tent. But there you go. No pun intended. But there you go. Abortion expands greatly in California. Doctors are handcuffed and muzzled so they can't say anything. I mean, how can you trust your doctor anymore in California? I wouldn't go to a doctor in California because they can't say anything that they really think is the advice lest they be at risk of losing their license for misinformation. And the good ones will go. 
and now you you got the the expanded abortion. You've got the tranny state. My goodness, just where does it end? It ends when the state ends. The COVID misinformation. Well, I'm not sorry I left that state. Uh, my my heart goes out to those who are still there, and I hope that you consider yourself missionaries because you are. And if you're not, you better go. If you're hanging around for the sunshine and the beach, screw it. Life is too short to live in a political prison that that state is. Well, this isn't happening in California. It's happening on the other coast. Satan Con, right? Satan Con. It's a convention at a satanic temple to be held in Boston in uh, April. Oh, yeah, all those who want to go here, take down these dates, April 28th to the 30th. So the Salem, Massachusetts-based organization, Satan Con 2023, sponsored by the Satanic Temple, to be held in downtown Boston with a theme being called Hexenacht, Nacht which means in German, Witches' Night. They said that the uh, weekend will include talks about efforts to protect members' reproductive rights. Isn't that interesting? First thing on their list is about killing children. Nothing new there. I wonder how many Satanists vote Democrat. Do you think it's less than 100%? I don't think so. Um, and to build support for after-school Satan clubs. That's their goal. There will also be vendors, entertainment, and a keynote presentation by Lucian. Isn't that interesting? First name, like Lucifer. Lucian Greaves, co-founder of the Satanic Temple. The website states this will be a weekend of blasphemy and remembrance in Boston. Well, maybe not. Maybe God will have something to say about this. And you know what is awful? Is there's, there's a scripture that says judgment begins at the house of God. The pilgrims landed in Massachusetts. You had the Massachusetts Bay Colony. The colony was established for the proclamation of the word of God. But God makes it very clear in Scripture that when that which was holy becomes unholy, it's where the judgment begins. That's why he says judgment begins at the house of God, which he actually referenced in Scripture to be Bethel. Well, I find it interesting. What state... Boston is in Massachusetts. I would hope you know that. Massachusetts was the very first state to have queer marriage, 2003. And in 2004, they expanded other rights and said, look, see, God didn't destroy us. He must approve of sodomy now. The state went on to decriminalize bestiality. And by decriminalization, I mean turn it from a felony to a misdemeanor, like a parking ticket. If you parked it in a cow, you get a parking ticket. 
right? After that, Massachusetts, which was the first state to do that, Massachusetts is a state where the West Nile virus broke out. And now you've got the Satan con here. Um, I've never cared for the city. I've never cared for Taxachusetts. I have a friend who lives there. I understand why. He was born and raised there. He's stuck, sort of. But I have to ask this very simple question. How much of what I have shared today would you have ever heard 10 years ago? Frankly, maybe almost five years ago. Now you get a perspective of how fast our descent is. And as a rock rolling down uh, a hillside, and it gets steeper, and the rate of descent picks up, there's a point at which contact with the ground is now severed. And it's called a free fall. And there is no restoration until there's a major crash and burn at the bottom. This is my concern for this country. It is, it's, it's in at so many levels. I mean, the number of, you know who suffers proportionately the most hate crimes these days? It isn't blacks. It's, it's Jews. We, we have this pre-19... 34 preparation for becoming an anti-Semitic country. I mean, this report out just the other day, 97% of all Jewish, anti-Jewish assault crimes in New York City, 90%, 7% are committed by other minorities. I don't know why. Can somebody write me at Robin Walters show at gmail.com and tell me why 70% of all the assaults against Jews in New York are by blacks when they comprise only 21% of the population? I don't know. Tell me. I'm trying to understand this. But it isn't just there. That's more physical, and it is all physical, because it's an assault. The verbal assaults are occurring all across our supposedly Ivy League well, our supposedly elite universities, including virtually every Ivy League school. And I'm going to go back to something that I said 12, 13 years ago. If the abortion issue runs amok and just continues to be pushed more and more, if everything queer continues to be pushed more and more, at the end of this pursuit of sin will come the prosecution of Jews. That's always been that way. It will always be that way. There is nothing to really alter that at this point without a level of repentance that will require Republicans to be more like Abraham Lincoln and, frankly, less like Donald Trump. We are in trouble, but I'd like to quote Rush Limbaugh, started reading a book about him last night, loved it. He said, we're never without hope. And I'm going to add something to that. We are not ever without hope. But we should never 
think that we can be without reality either. It says in Scripture, God will not always strive with man. We're not always strive with man. God puts up with a lot. He's long-suffering. He's put up with a ton from me. Why I'm still alive, I don't know. I must still have a purpose. But he won't strive forever with those and with as a country even, which continues to do what this country is doing. We need people who would not follow Donald Trump's advice on issues like abortion, certainly not on the queer stuff that he did at Mar-a-Lago with everybody dancing to YMCA, all the queers in their sequined tuxedos, which Trump just relished. Sorry, he's not my man anymore. He's better than any Democrat, maybe. But he sort of flunked several tests here. You need to be resolute in what you say and what you do. There are things to compromise, and there are things that are non-negotiable. And if we honor God, it says in 1 Samuel, he will honor us. Will we win the election? No, maybe not. Will we win heaven? Absolutely. After all, it, our place in heaven is not a feature of whether or not we were actually able to save the United States. Our place in heaven is a feature of how obedient have we been to God's word and his calling without any measure of compromise. We'll fail, but the point is you don't fail and then conclude that the answer is to compromise on abortion, this queer crap, or whatever it is. No, you may fail, but you got to get up and get going again. Get up. Peter failed, denied Jesus three times. Now, true, he did not have the Holy Spirit in him or upon him. That was yet to come. And God being long-suffering. I, know, I have no doubt but what Peter concluded in his mind. He was resolute in the fact that what he did before, he'll never do again. And that is, I will not deny Jesus Christ ever again. And if history proves it out, the word, what we know from the word and other uh, historical um, sources outside of the word, he did not fail in that. He supposedly was crucified upside down. But that's our goal, not to be crucified up or down, but to be faithful unto the end. Faithful. And isn't that what we want to hear from God? Look, I, I fight and work hard to save this country. It is sit, sitting right there, the first thing on my list each day. What can I do and say to help turn this country around? But it's not how I'm going to be judged what I want to hear God say is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the well done may be connected to results, and it may not. The key is, he just says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what you got to be, faithful. God bless you all. Have a blessed year. We've got a lot coming this year. Sit down on the saddle. Remember, you're right for the brand. The brand of Jesus Christ.